You're listening to The Breakfast Show with Danuta and Lawson. It is 8.04 a.m. We're excited about today's show. We hope you're enjoying it so far. Lawson, what is our next quiz question, please? Our next quiz question for today, fill in... Oh, sorry, not fill in the blank. Who replaced Judas Iscariot as one of the 12? Mm-hmm. So this guy, his name was Judas. He was a disciple. He then wasn't a disciple. No, uh, he, <laughs> for lots for good, for, good reason. For, yeah, for for um, <laughs> for for reasons of which he could not continue to be part of the role. That's right. Um, and who replaced him? If you know the answer to that one, zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. That is the number to text. And if you text that number with the correct answer, you go into the draw to win our amazing prize for this week. The beautiful porcelain jar that is our gratefulness jar. We want to give yes. it to you for free. It is an awesome piece of decor, which would look amazing in any house as a jar with a bunch of cards in it to be grateful about. Or, or like we said, all the kitchen a utensils. Holder. Yeah. Or, like there is a, a, a thousand and one things that you could put inside a jar. And guys, we just want to give it to you absolutely for free, but the only way to be able to receive it is to win the draw, and to get into the draw, you just have to answer questions correctly, and the more questions you answer correctly, the more chances you have. So again, that question was who replaced Judas Iscariot as one of the 12? 0491 And I was almost going to ask Shaw, have we got a theme going through? But then I noticed the next question that we have is a little bit different. But the First four relate to names. Ah, did you pick that up? No, no. Well, well, <laughs> do just, they? Do yeah, they? But, but yeah, the second question's of, fill well, in the blank. I know. Well, oh no, that's true. No, I, <laughs> ah, I was just looking and, in the wrong the, direction. Don't the third, mind the me. The third question is is about the relationship between Lot and Abraham. It is a little bit all over the place. Don't mind me. It's hey, a Tuesday morning. It is a Tuesday morning. It's not even Monday morning. I don't know how that one happened. But hey, Kay's, Kay's messaging, wishing you a happy birthday. Hey, oh, happy birthday Kay. to Lawson. She's even sent you a cake. Oh, so isn't that awesome. nice? She's saying have a great day. Hey, we've heard from Wayne. Wayne, great to hear from you. Um, the other week we prayed for Wayne when you had um, heart surgery. We're hoping you're going well. Let us know how you're going and how you're recovering overall. But it's great to hear from you once again, Wayne. You say good morning, Danuta and Lawson. Blessings. Not sure if you or anyone has searched the meaning for Hamas. I found two meanings, both opposites. Hamas meaning violence, wrongdoing, is mm. the Hebrew Bible's primary term for violence, and it is first used in Genesis six eleven. The earth was corrupt in God's sight, and the earth was filled with violence. Um, it occurs sixty times in the Hebrew Bible. It almost always used to identify phys- is almost always used to identify physical violence, mm. and this acronym HMS was whoops we're jumping because we're getting more texts coming this acronym hms was later glossed in the hamas covenant by the arabic word hamas which itself means zeal or strength so there you go that's something Mm. interesting and um new um so yeah looking at genesis 6 6 verse 11 as well and it's actually mentioned several times throughout the bible but of course what is happening there in israel and the gaza strip and the involvement of hamas is really quite tragic and um awful of what's happening the good news is because we always like to give good news here 
is that the humanitarian needs are actually coming in. Of yeah. course, on the weekend, truckloads have started coming in, lining up. Um, the borders have been open to start bringing that in into the area, which is really crucial, isn't it? Mm. And I think the the step that we can take wrong as Christians is to take a side here and particularly mm. to take a side that is, you know, and it's something that I've seen a little bit of that is in line with a type of futurism or dispensationalist Bible prophecy that, oh, hey, like something that I've seen, unfortunately, amongst Christians is we should support the Jews here because they're the rightful owners of this land and they have claim to, to this and whatnot. I think ultimately at the end of the day, actually, in one of the rare moments, I agreed with a quote from Pope Francis when he wow. said, war is loss. Uh, uh, yeah. you know, like war, war is loss. And I, I am, I was actually like, yeah, wow, that's incredibly insightful because for those of Palestinian descent, for those of Israeli descent in this situation, I'm not also saying, oh yeah, and Hamas should attack them, you know, to go that far on the other side is also wrong. But if we, we really, at the end of the day, we, we want to see peace. Uh, and we would, we would love to see these people reached for Christ and Absolutely. the humanitarian aid, you know, the prayers that we make for this area is ultimately to enable that outreach to take place there, to help these people, like to genuinely, yes. with no strings attached, help these people, because yeah. that is what compassionate people do. Um, but to see these people turn to Christ, not perpetuate a narrative that, oh, well, you know, who's the rightful owner of the land and da 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 Like, I don't think as Christians we have the right to have a say in that conversation. Mm. The conversation that we need to have a say in is how can we best serve the needs and the hurt Absolutely. of these people and reach them with the message of Christ. Yeah, I love what you're saying with that. And that's so, so crucial. And, um, yeah, donations, I guess some places are doing, make, taking donations as well to actually help. There's different uh, charities that mm. you may be able to help with and be able to pray for them as well as mm. uh, laterally also yeah. help out in that also area. I want to remind you guys, give blood. Uh, yeah, yes. like Australia, that was on the news everywhere today. Yep. around the world right now, and even here in Australia, they need blood. If Monica was joining us, if Mon was on the show this morning, uh, classic, classic host Mon, she would be emphatically pleading with you to give blood, as that is, you know, just one of the things that she is into, is, is giving blood and convincing everyone around her to give blood too, which I think is a fantastic cause champion, mm. because, hey, blood is where the life is, as the Bible says, and it, it is amazing that we can give blood... And and it enables people to be saved from injury and you know disease and you know turmoil and the various mm. issues that they can go through. So yeah, hey, head to your uh, head to your head to your local Red Cross and yeah, your blood bank or whatever it is. Give blood; they'll feed you, which is awesome for free. It's free to go, and then they feed you and hook you up. I have a good time everywhere every time I go, especially because I have some friends who actually work in the the Red Cross here in Newcastle, and so I go in and say hello to them and get my blood taken and chill out and you know get a cool bandage and whatnot. Yeah, That's give, so give cool. blood as well. You can you can. You can help out, you know, with the turmoil of this world, even in such a simple way. That's right. I love that. I love what you're saying there with that, Lawson. Mm. Hey, also, just before we go on to our Bible study time, how good was the interview with Dr. Justin oh, so Jackson? Amazing. You know, and diabetes is so on the rise. It's so big. Um, and, of course, you know, one of the key things that he really pointed out there is that so much of it is lifestyle mm. related. Um, and so it's about the choices that we make about what we are purchasing 
purchasing what we are putting into our mouths as mm. well. And, uh, and it takes, you know, every little step is a big step towards reversing diabetes. Uh, you know, through the Seventh day Adventist Church, um, a great program that is run Australia wide and you can look it up. Uh, Google the closest one to you, um, is the, the chip program. So we're not promoting chips at all. It's, it actually stands for the Complete Health Improvement Program. I love chips. And the, uh, and, and so with that, <laughs> you love chips. I, I love I think, chip. I love the chip program. The which chip I, program. And, and yeah. Chips yeah. And well. so but, yeah. Awesome. The, the great thing with that is actually is very educational. It is done yeah. by professional doctors and specialists. A series that is actually put together that actually educates you on what is actually happening inside of your body when we're actually eating those things and what is actually happening and the changes. And as Dr. Justin um, mentioned, uh, a lot, you know, in this case with diabetes, it's fat related. It's not the sugar. Mm. The sugar is actually impacted, but the th- the um, you know our bodies are. But the the impact is from fat, and of course, it's affecting. It affects then the kidneys, how they work. It affects the heart. It can mm. bring on stroke. It can bring a whole variety of things. And so, lifestyle here is the key. And I loved how he pointed it back to the fact. And we always here at Faith FM like to point things back to the Bible. And of course, yeah. God's, you know, original diet was, uh, you know, plant based and, and, and it's just a healthy diet in every way, nuts, seeds, grains, mm. um, and, and plants. And so when we actually eat those foods, our bodies are better and we are healthier overall. And so we would encourage you to, if you enjoyed that or if you didn't manage to hear all of it or you didn't hear any of it, go to our podcast. We now actually have the Breakfast Show podcast that you can listen back to the interviews just especially on their own. You're listening to The Breakfast Show. Connect with us on 0491 Okay, it's come time for us to start our Bible study time looking at starting from where you are. We're actually, of course, looking at, sorry, I've got the wrong one, Abraham's love for everyone. We're actually continuing on about sharing our sharing mission. Yesterday we were looking at Abraham and we actually looked uh, in the start of chapter 18 of Genesis, looking at the son of promise that was actually given. But, of course, that uh, Abraham was actually sitting at his tent in the heat of the day and of course uh, we unpacked the fact too that it was a tent like the Bedouins actually have in Israel so Mm. one section was you know in the shade and even though it would be in the shade I would think it would be absolutely boiling hot because Israel when we were there was absolutely boiling hot in the peak of summer in the middle of the (laughs) desert very like in the desert Mm-hmm. It's oh, like yeah, yeah. Even if you have a, a beautiful shady tent, and I think it's it's dry heat, right? So yeah, it is. You can get away with it a little bit, but it's still it's still hot, man. Oh yeah, like big time, yeah. hey. So that that initial section in the shade would have been to actually welcome the guests. The back bit, you know, um, typically with the Bedouins is more where where the ladies do their cooking and the preparation of the stuff for hostility of people and where they kind of um, sleep. But of course, three men come come and Abraham actually runs out to them. He sees them and he invites them in. Of course, one of them is the Lord, so Jesus himself. And then the two angels go on, don't they? They Mm. go on, but the Lord stays with Abraham. And we actually said the fact that 
in verse 3 that Abraham actually refers to Jesus as my Lord Adonai. I have mm. not found favor in your sight. Do not pass by your if Sorry, if I have found favor, do not pass by your servant. Come in and what does he give them? Just really great stuff. There's yeah, bread and... Amazing hospitality, you know, that, that Abraham provides. Middle Eastern hospitality. Middle Eastern hospitality. Yeah. Oh, mate, some, not, not Hamas, but hummus, maybe. I, I, I don't know. They're just, hummus, they're, yes. They're, they're, they're hummus, in the, they're, homemade stuff. They're, yeah. they're, they're, in the, they're in the Middle East, so I'm just assuming. But, but yeah, like they basically like Abraham is seeking intercession Yes. From Jesus. He says, like, don't pass by me. Yes. Like, like, you know, he he is seeking after God here. But then furthermore, seeks to serve God as well. And, I, you know, I, I was thinking as, as I was reading through this yesterday and, and reading in preparation today, I'm like, what need does God have for us to serve him? Or what need mm. would God have for for, for for Abraham to serve him food. We know that when Jesus was incarnate as a human, like he really was human. But at this time, when G- like when God is appearing to Abraham he's divine. as a human, he's he's not a, like no. this isn't the carnation. This isn't no. the, the, the Jesus that would be Jesus. You know, two thousand years later, this is this is him as a divine being. It's like what need does does this guy have of of Abraham's food and. But my mind goes to the verse that Jesus does say that when he becomes incarnate and he says, "He, if when you've done it to the least of these, mm-hmm. you've done it unto me. That's right. I think it just really reflects the fact that our serving of other people is actually just service to the Lord. Oh, 100%. I was thinking exactly the same. Yeah, I, yeah. I was having a discussion with yeah. someone about this yesterday, actually, and we were discussing like, are you responsible for someone else's salvation? This is maybe this is a little bit of a side. I'll be quick with it, but mm-hmm. the idea of like, okay, we we believe Jesus is coming back soon, okay, mm-hmm. and God has called all of us to be workers for Him, and if we don't and to to live up to the calling that He's given us, and that calling is very simply, and we're talking about mission, right? You know, we read at the end of the book of Matthew, "Go ye therefore and make disciples." Mm. If we don't go and make disciples, are we responsible for the disciples that we potentially didn't make? Are we responsible mm. for maybe maybe they we didn't have that key interaction with them that would that would lead them then to maybe have a saving relationship with Jesus and are we responsible for that? It's like it's like in every conversation that I have with every single person that I ever see in my life, if I don't bring up Jesus, am I responsible for them potentially not? becoming followers of Jesus and not being Christians and not being saved. And I was having a discussion about this with someone yesterday. I think the reality actually is, is we're not necessarily here to, to, to go and, and to save everyone or to, to, to go and to, to go, Oh, you know, Jesus has called me to do everything for every person, but rather Jesus will lead you to serve people as you attempt to serve him. Yes. God will lead you to serve people as you attempt to serve him. And when we talk about hospitality here, and again, the way that Jesus frames it, it's like, oh, when you saw me in prison or when you provided food or clothes to me or whatever it may be, for Abraham, he could have the opinion of like, what does God need me to do for him? You know, like, mm. like, and, and we can have that opinion today because ultimately it is God's responsibility to save people. It is God's responsibility to do the work that would save people. But God uses us as tools in that situation. Love what you're saying there. Yeah. Because he has called us firstly to serve him. Yeah. 
and 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 that is why. And when we see the Abraham story and linking it with what you mm. have just said, what you know, with Abraham asking himself, "What can I do for the Lord?" Well, the thing is, God loves us so much. Yeah. When we do hospitality, when we think of somebody's salvation, when we want to share and take them on the journey with Jesus Christ, mm. that ultimately is showing our love for God. It's a that's response. Right. It's that's a response right. to God, and so that's what that serving is all about here. And I love here then, you know, what we're actually looking at further yes. than today is the fact that, you know, Abraham did love everyone. We see mm-hmm. this in an incredible story and we don't have time to read the whole rest of the chapter. So we can unpack some of it, but can you actually read for us, um, you know, from verse 16 and then if we continue down to sure. uh, 24 and then we can actually summarize the rest after we go from that. Yeah, right, yeah. From 16 to 24, please. So picking it up in verse 16, the Bible says, then the, then the men rose from there and looked towards Sodom and Abraham went with them to send them on their way. And the Lord said, shall I hide from Abraham what I'm doing? Since Abraham shall surely become great and a great and mighty nation and all the nations of earth shall be blessed in him. For I have known him in order that he may command his children and his household after him that they keep the way of the Lord to do righteousness and justice that the Lord may bring to Abraham what he has spoken to him. And the Lord said, because of the outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah is so great and because their sin is very grave, I will go down now and see whether they have done altogether according to the outcry against it that has come to me. And if not, I will know. Then the men turned away from there and went towards Sodom. But Abraham stood still before the Lord. And Abraham came near and said, Would you destroy the righteous with the wicked. Suppose there were 50 righteous within the city. Would you also destroy the place and not spare it for the 50 righteous that were in it? Okay. Can you give us the answer then in verse 26? And yeah, in verse 20, well, in verse 25, he says, far be it it from from you, Lord, to do such a thing, to, to slay the righteous with the wicked so that the righteous should be as the wicked. Uh, far be it from you, shall not the judge of all the earth do right? So the Lord said, if I find 50 righteous people mm. within the city, then I will spare all the place for their sakes. Okay, and then he continues on, just to summarize the next bit, then he continues on saying, but, well, you know, you've given your response, but Abraham says, you know, suppose there were five less than 50, would you still destroy it? And God's, and, you know, the Lord says, Mm -hmm. yes. He says, yes. Yeah. And then Abraham continues on, and another five less. And he goes right down to how many? He goes down from 50 to 10. To 50, to 40, to 30, to 40. You know, twenty to ten. That's right. Lord, is there just? It just keeps going. Righteous people. You know, Sodom and Gomorrah, prominent city at the time, and essentially the the issue here that that God points out. He says, "Hey, there is this outcry against this city. They are doing wickedly. Absolute wickedness. They have served themselves the judgment. They have committed the unpardonable sin, which is to to say that they continually rejecting. That's right. They have rejected God, and God says, "Okay, these people are." prime they are ripe for judgment uh, but there there is this amazing interaction that happens here between god and between abraham which is very revealing and telling of what 
judgment is and how it actually takes place. Yes. And, and I think the big question. That's right, intercession. The big question that it leaves us with is that why is God inquiring here mm. about judgment? You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Great stuff there. Now, what's our last quiz question, please, for our great giveaway of the jar with the gratitude promise promises in there that, and going in for the draw at quarter to nine this Friday. Absolutely. Prior to raising Eutychus from the dead, Paul preached a lengthy sermon at what hour did his sermon end? So he preaches this lengthy sermon after raising, prior to raising Eutychus from the dead. But at what hour did his sermon end? Was it A, the early morning, B, the mid-afternoon, C, the late evening, or D, was it at midnight? If you know the answer to that one, 0491-064-669. It was, it was pretty long. And if you know the time in which it ended, well, yeah. well, hey, you will have another chance in the draw to win our amazing prize for this week. Our awesome porcelain jar, the, the gratefulness jar, beautiful piece of decor that we want to give you absolutely for free. But to get it, you have to win the draw. And again, that question was, Prior to raising Eutychus from the dead, Paul preached a lengthy sermon. At what hour did his sermon end? Was it A, the early morning, B, the mid-afternoon, C, the late evening, or D, midnight? What time did his sermon end? Okay, we're having text answers coming in really quickly with the oh, answers. Text us in your answers fantastic. on zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. Of course, our texts are being flying through, and so it's just jumping as we actually look mm. at them too. Hey, but coming just back to our Bible study on Abraham's love for everyone, we're looking at Genesis chapter eighteen, verses sixteen to thirty-three. We haven't got the time to read absolutely all of them, but we're looking at the fact that you know Abraham and the Lord are speaking about Sodom and Gomorrah and the Lord says actually to Abram that he would destroy uh, the outcry he's, he, because of the outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah is great and because mm. their sin is very grave I'll go down and see whether they have done altogether according to the outcry against this has come to me if not I will know and then basically Abraham actually intercedes on their behalf doesn't he? Yeah which is so interesting because you know there's a couple of questions that come to my mind like Firstly, what right does Abraham have to intercede? But then furthermore, the big one here is Abraham and God go through this interesting exercise of God, you know, Abraham saying, God, if there's just 50 righteous people, then save them. And, and God going and saying, okay, well, then I will, I'll investigate. I'll have a look. And, and God of himself, you know, asking, asking the question, oh, who here is righteous? You know, mm. that, that, uh, that I may save the city or, or, you know, I need to go and investigate. And there's huge questions that raise in my mind regarding the judgment because I, the first one, as I said earlier, is like, does God not know who saved him? Does God not know what's been happening in the city? Like, why does this process of God having to look and why does he involve Abraham in this process as well? well it's, I, so, it's so interesting. It is interesting, isn't it? And what I really love is that this story has got a real parallel to the end time judgment you know, oh, yeah. before Jesus comes. And here what we actually see, you know, that... Abraham is interceding on behalf of the people in Sodom and Gomorrah. Mm -hmm. 
for two, you know, for two reasons. One mm. is that he himself has, ex, you know, he he was he's accounted as righteous, right? Mm. Okay, God accounted him as righteous um, uh, because he believed in the in, in God, saying, you know, I'll great you, make you a great nation, um, mm. uh, multiply your descendants, I'll give you the land. And here's the thing. He is still human and he failed. And of course, the story not long before this is the fact that they, because of the famine, they go from Canaan, they go from Earth Chaldeans, they go to Canaan, but then they have to go to Egypt. And he mm. says to Sarah, who becomes Sarah, tell, tell them that you are my sister and not my, not my mm. wife. And so here what he experiences is this amazing, um, experience of forgiveness and, re- you know, he repents and he experiences the beauty of repentance of God's mm. grace. So he's now saying, he's interceding on the behalf. And I just think of the fact, and, and the, you know, he's having this conversation with the Lord, but he's saying there are some righteous there knowing that Lot, I'm not going to give away because one of our questions here is who was Lot, but that Lot <laughs> is amongst the righteous there with his family in Sodom and Gomorrah, isn't he? So he's yeah. saying there are some righteous there. He's saying there's some to be saved. So there's two things it's about. A remnant, mm. a remnant, remnant meaning a smaller group who are still believing in God. Do they suffer in the same ways like like the wicked? Mm-hmm. But here's the other thing relating to the end time judgment too. With Jesus now, we know as you know, since resurrection is in the heavenly places, interceding mm. on our behalf. Yeah, and He is talking to the Father, interceding on our behalf. So here's this beautiful analogy of this picture of Abraham interceding just like Jesus intercedes in this conversation that in his case is to the divine. In this case, it's Jesus who became humanity, is gone back to the heavens, is divine, is interceding to, on our behalf to the Father. Mm. And here's the thing that he, you know, God has actually, you know, he, he's been patient and long-suffering all the way with Sodom and Gomorrah, and he's been, you know, long-suffering. He's actually reached, you know, reached the, the peak in our terms. That's how I would basically say. But mm. he's giving them this period of grace, um, which he had actually not, you know, where he'd actually had Lot there as a witness in in Sodom and Gomorrah. It's like mm. us being witnesses today on this earth for the Lord and that we are, you know, to be witnesses and to, to, to go into the mission fields. Mm. And his righteous life, Lot's righteous life actually produce, you know, gives, um, models, not only models to them, but he's a witness within the community. Mm. Like we are to be a witness in the community. And mm. so when, you know, you gave your example earlier about do we have a responsibility about, you know, the salvation of souls? Well, we are to be a witness and we are to share Jesus. But if cho- people choose to reject that, mm. then that is that similar analogy of what mm. ultimately will happen to those who keep on rejecting yeah. the Lord. Is, is that they will be destroyed. And, and in that circumstance, in case, again, our and lots and, and our responsibility is to serve the Lord and, and let that be a reflection of his love. And, and I see here what's so interesting about this this process of judgment that takes place is the the lesson that we really learn here about judgment is that judgment is for the sake of the created yes not the creator because yes. jesus knows everything 100%. jesus knows everything already like 100%. the purpose of judgment is to reflect to the created being you know the reason god involves abraham here in this process is so that abraham can uh, be participating in this judgment to see the trans- to see the transparency 
of God. And so when we 100%. look towards the end time and we, and, and well, this investigation takes place in Genesis chapter 18 and, and where, you know, God is, is showing to Abraham like, oh, look, you know, the, this Abraham's asking if there was this many righteous people and then God is showing him. And yeah. they're, they're doing an investigation together again yes. for the purpose of transparency. Absolutely. And what we see with the judgment at the end of time is that that, that first phase of judgment in that investigation is, you know, viewing the one that takes place before Jesus comes back, which is there has to be a judgment before Jesus comes back because the Bible says that Jesus comes with his reward. If he comes with his reward, then there's already judgment. Absolutely. And it's for the unfallen worlds to That's see right. the fairness of God. That's right. So the, the, you know, the rest of the universe can get a perspective on how it is that God judges, especially oh, because yeah. the human, you know, the sinful human community will join the community of, of heaven That's and right. the rest of the universe. That's right. But then furthermore, after the second coming, then those who have been saved get to participate in understanding the judgment with the millennium Where the books are opened. And, and we get to review what God mm-hmm. has done and then Finally, at the final destruction of the wicked, even the wicked get to participate in the judgment and to see the transparency of God and to see why it is that they're lost. And 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 the Bible says that every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that God is good because that Jesus Christ ways, is Lord. Along the way, God has been completely loving and perfectly transparent, and we see that unplaying in the story of Abraham here. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. It has come time for us to give away the answers to our quiz questions. We've had heaps of answers coming in today. And they have been right on the ball. So take it away, Absolutely. please, Lawson. Absolutely. Hey, let's have some answers this morning. Firstly, who was called to follow Jesus on the road of Damascus? It was none other than Paul slash Saul. He was Saul at the time. Saul initially. And becoming Paul, as you gave the uh, clue as well, prominent writer in the New Testament to fill in the blank, bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. That word there was burdens from Galatians chapter 6 and verse too. And I, I love this passage because it, it gives us, again, this, this full sense. What we were talking about earlier, the idea that we are primarily called to serve the Lord and that service to the Lord will lead us to serve others. And this is like an outcome or an application of that, to bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. And it's it's interesting here. It's like the kind of the 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 order of the sentence, it's like, again, it's putting the fulfilling of the law of Christ, walking and following Jesus. That is like the the top priority here. And it's like, hey, but how can we actually do that to bear one another's burdens? Well, and the beautiful people? thing is when we actually bear one another burdens, it is about, you know, walking alongside each other, but praying for one another. Yeah. Because it's not like saying, take it all on top of yourself. It's yeah. actually saying, hey, share it with one another mm. and give your burdens to Christ. You know that song, uh, Burdens Are Lifted at Calvary? Oh, absolutely. I love that song. That's, right. that, that's one we used to sing out, out west heaps and heaps. So I lo- love that passage. Our next one. Our next one here. What relation was Lot, the famous resident of Sodom, to Abraham? Lot was his nephew, That's right. Actually. And well, so as much as we we would have hoped that Lot, was a positive influence in Sodom and Gomorrah. And I believe he was, you know, initially he ends up in Sodom and Gomorrah as a result of 
you know, choosing the better plot of land That's to right. go to. That's right. He wanted the better over, part, yeah. <laughs> over his elder, which <laughs> is, you know, very kind of culturally insensitive. Nah. But, uh, but you know, he, he ends up going and doing so, and he ends up in a bunch of strife as a result of it. And we know that some of the outcomes in Lot's life weren't very positive. But we do know that Abraham was a fantastic influence Absolutely. on on Lot and actually saved Lot's life mm. from, you know, some of the conflict that was happening in the, the, you know, the valley there in Sodom and Gomorrah. That's right. Who replaced Judas Iscariot as one of the 12? It was none other than Matthias, mm. which you can read about in Acts, Acts chapter, chapter one. 1. And then finally here, prior to raising Eutychus from the dead, Paul preached a lengthy sermon. At what hour did he end his sermon? And the answer to that one was D, midnight. Now, I'm going to assume, Danuta, that you've never preached a sermon so long that someone has ended up falling asleep, <laughs> leading to them falling out the window and dying. Yeah. But uh, what's the longest sermon you've ever preached? Uh, look, I, I, I'd, I wouldn't be any more than, say, 40, 45 minutes. Okay. I, I tend to go around the half an hour mark because yeah. I think, especially these days, people's concentration is a whole lot less than in the days <laughs> of Jesus. I think if Jesus was around and also when there was no, you know, other distractions for people and yeah. the tension span through that has become less, then I would be sitting on the hills and listening in every way. But, oh, yeah, man. so, yeah, that one was a midnight one, which is – that was in Troas, of course, you know, I mean, Yeah, and well, the context here of preaching this sermon was not only preaching the sermon, but also reflecting on, you know, he was sharing with the disciples there, you know, he's about to head back into Jerusalem for the final time where he would be arrested and eventually go on his journey to Rome. And he's sharing them all the ways that God has worked and whatnot and, and preaching all throughout the Sabbath and then into into midnight, into the first day, which was into midnight. And so, yeah, we see there, unfortunately, Eutychus falls out the window and dies, but an amazing miracle happens as a result. And the thing is, sometimes this verse is actually used to indicate that, you know, um, the seventh day, according to God's word, is the Sunday, the first day of the week. Um, we don't kind of go into that in a big way, but sometimes people use this as a day for worship because of the preaching when that actually happened. Mm. But in fact, according to God's word, you know, it's, it's, it's quite clear right through throughout of what is God's day that he blessed oh. and hallowed in every well, way. Well, so. even, even in this, even in this passage. So uh, what, what we see taking place is that Paul's preaching, right? And it says that he preaches into the first day. Yeah. When, when did days begin according to the Bible? Yeah. Yeah. They began, of course, from sunset to from, sunset. From sunset, right? Yeah. And so what is actually taking place is the, the disciples. A continuation have, from the day yeah, before. The disciples have spent Sabbath together worshiping God. Paul has preached and he's preached incredibly long because he has a lot and a whole bunch of things to say to the people, you know, about uh, what it is that the ways that God has worked before his final run down to Jerusalem. And as a result, you know, they've, they've gone into the first day, all the way to the midnight of the first day, which is, which is, yeah, from, from the sun down there to the middle of the night. Absolutely. Absolutely. Hey, look, we've got a text here from Sherry. Thanks, Sherry, for your text. Says, hi. I think God is also showing us that he does hear us. He listens if our question Mm. is just and true. That's in reference to what we're talking about, Abraham and the Lord, you know, having, uh, when Abraham's asking the Lord for, you know, if there were 50, if there were 45, if there were 30, you know, would you actually still, um, you know, destroy the, the, um, Sodom and Gomorrah? But, you know, that here she's saying that 
God listens to us. Bless you all and Lawson, may your 25th year be blessed. Sherry. It has come to the end of our show yet again all too quickly. Stay tuned to our further shows today. We want to leave you with a Bible text to encourage you for today and start getting ready to text the word booking on 0491064669. Lawson will give us our free giveaway really shortly. Here's the promise for today from Isaiah 12.3. Therefore, you will joyously draw water from the springs of salvation. Isn't that beautiful? That is you know, beautiful. We will draw water from that, as in your life becomes full when mm. you experience Jesus in every way, and salvation is a beautiful thing. Give Jesus a go today. Mm. Take it away, Dawson. Absolutely. I'm giving away a book this morning. It's called Simply. God with us by James W. Gilly. And it's getting into the lessons that John, the disciple who wrote the book of John, wrote about and, and unpacked the idea of God being with us. And we saw today, like in the story of Abraham, how God rocks up and is mm. with him in this se- these scenes in Genesis chapter 18. What does it mean that God is with us? What does it mean that Jesus has become incarnate in the flesh and is walking with us? Well, he did walk with us and is now in heaven interceding with us for us. What does that mean? What does that look like? If you want this book, again, all you have to do, textbook to 0491-064-669. And you won't regret it. Like Once again, we want to encourage you to give Jesus a go in your life. Pick up a Bible, text um, text somebody that can help you as well. But remember to talk faith, live faith, act faith, and you'll grow strong in Jesus Christ. God be with you till we meet again. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.